0: you're watching the community mma what up what up this your boy crisscross checking in and this is the community mma we got a wide range of topics today like dana white being under fire by the california women's caucus we'll get into that that's pretty wild remember he uh, happened to uh, do something to his wife which was caught on video and i'm trying to be very vague and now he's under fire so we'll get deeper into that topic. You also got Sean Strickland is stepping in on short notice for Kelvin Gastelum. Uh, we'll get into that as well. He's going to take on Nazarudin Amavov. That's crazy because Sean Strickland just fought. Also, Khabib Nurmagomedov retires uh, as an MMA coach, or at least announced that he's planning to retire. So that sent shockwaves through the MMA community, a lot of feedback uh, on that topic. So we got a couple things to talk about this morning. We'll get into some uh, new fight predictions, right? We covered Nazauer, Dina Mavoff versus Kelvin Gaslam just to, in the previous episode. But now Sean Strickland steps in. Is that a different scenario? Absolutely, because Sean Strickland is way better than Kelvin Gaslam, at least in the rankings. So we'll get to that fight prediction. But first, Dana White is under fire. Right, the, the video uh, posted by TMZ showing on New Year's Eve, Dana White uh, ended up smacking uh, his wife who was caught on video. Now, when you look at the video, right, the first thing is, is they're arguing. She slaps him first, he slaps her back, then gives her what appears to be uh, a second slap, maybe shoved her. Uh, it gets a little hard to see at that point but a lot of stuff going on in that video and you know I I guess growing up in my era not that I'm that old or anything but you know in my day if you will as our parents used to always say you never ever hit a woman and when you do there's going to be a lot of people that come out against you now in this day and age you're safe and I don't even mean in a situation like this just in general like you're safe until the women the women come knocking. When the women come knocking, you're in serious trouble. And the fact is, uh, the women are coming and they're knocking. The California Women's Caucus, which is made up of uh, House representatives and uh, I think they said state senators, right, within the state of California, I'm assuming. Didn't read too much into this, just saw the headlines this morning and read a little bit in the article, but... You know, they're starting to call uh, for Dana White to be either stepped down or be let go by Ari Emanuel, who runs Endeavor. And it, as long as he's not, or there's no consequences, uh, they say their voices will get louder. And more or less, it, it shows that they're not trying to do anything for women. And I'm just breaking this down very basic, vanilla. And the reason for it is to let you know that. When they come after you, you are in serious trouble. Now, the UFC as an organization endeavor as well. They have not gotten involved in stuff that uh, happens outside of the sporting event. You know, when when UFC fighters get in trouble, Dana White doesn't go after them, or they make crazy comments. He lets them do their thing. In this situation, we'll see what happens you know it's very unfortunate because on one end Dana White is the the king of promotion uh, promoting fights he's the king of promotion and the UFC will be hurting without him because whoever steps in is not going to be as good at setting up fights in the future is not going to be as good as talking to the media and that's the that's the main thing right is he doesn't even try hard with the media and he's great at it and so the UFC, which was pretty much built and resurrected by Dana White, isn't going to be quick to just get rid of them. Now, you saw Dana White's slap league got delayed. And now UFC fights are getting ready to start. And hopefully, after these fights, you know, the quicker they can get to Saturday and get the news switching over to these, these fights. And then we get into UFC 283 uh, fight card next week and then the news starts to shift away from Dana White, he might be safe. But over the next week, it's going to be tough sledding for him, for ESPN, for ABC, for uh, Endeavor, everyone. And I just hope they don't make crazy, rash decisions. And I'm not supporting the fact that what happened on New Year's Eve with Dana White and his wife, I'm just simply saying I'm hoping they move on from this and let them handle it within their family because – the UFC needs Dana White, and a lot of times these companies, when, you know, groups or caucuses like this, in this case, the California Women's Caucus, when they come calling, everyone starts getting crazy, and they're going to make, you know, quick decisions uh, out of fear. So, you know, hopefully they, hopefully that does not happen. Now, as I said, we got a new main event this week at UFC uh, Fight Night. you got Sean Strickland versus a of and Sean Strickland's name goes to the front. This will be a light heavyweight division fight, by the way. Uh, as you'll see in the prediction in mean, a minute, I kind of struggle my way through that. But Sean Strickland's name goes to the front because he's the higher contender by far. Right? What is he, like 5 or 6? And uh, uh, Mavolv is a little bit lower in uh, the rankings. So the main guy now, the man who built this card... Or however they say it, right? I mean, when your name's first, they say something like the the man's name who this car was built around. <laughs> that was a Mayvolve, but now it's Sean Strickland. So let's do this. Let's get right into the fight prediction, I promise you. When I did this fight prediction last night, there were a little couple of struggles because I was doing it on the fly and I was kind of shocked. I was like, what happened to Kelvin Gastelum? I didn't even get to read about that. But we ran with it. And this is Sean Strickland versus Nassar Dean of in the light heavyweight division at UFC fight night. This is a shocker. Late notice Sean Strickland steps in to take on Nazzawarden, a Mayvolve. Strickland 25 and 5, a Mayvolve 12 and 3. And this is a shocker because we just saw Sean Strickland fight and lose a close decision in a fight that he probably won. But in comes a Mayvolve, right? Uh, Sean Strickland is going to be two inches shorter than a Mayvolve who is moving up in this fight. Uh, To 205. It's a light heavyweight fight to give these guys, uh, you know, so they don't have to cut weight, and Sean Strickland on short notice will have to cut the weight. So that's what creates this light heavyweight setting. Now, Sean Strickland, uh, despite the two inch or the two inch height disadvantage, he does have a one inch reach advantage. Both guys will fight right handed. Now, the difference here uh, in the new opponent for a mayvolve in Sean Strickland is that he's going to land about 5.6 significant strikes per minute. To a Mayvolve's 4.1, and they're both about equal in the takedown game. Now, as we get into Sean Strickland, he's got an 85% takedown defense that allows him to keep the fight standing uh, and play into his benefit, right? Where he he leads in significant strikes in most fights in terms of uh, his opponent's significant strike uh, per minute mark compared to his. Now, against Jared Cannonier, he lost by split decision, but check this out: 152 significant strikes. To 141. So he beat him by 11, plus he had a takedown. He did lose to Alex Padetta by KO, but before that, he won fights against Jack Hermanson, Uriah Hall, Christoph Jocko, Brendan Allen. He was on a long six fight win streak. So he's got the reputation. He's a veteran. So what can a Mayvol- uh, Mayvolve do here? Well, he's got a 76% takedown defense. That's good. It's gonna stop Sean Strickland from taking him down. But does Sean Strickland want to get takedowns anyway? Probably not. He wants to stand up and strike where he's got the advantage. Now, in his last fight, he beat Joaquin Buckley to knockout specialist. Took him down twice. Before that, he beat Edmund Shabazian by knockout and Ian Heinish by knockout. And as good as a Mayvolve is, I'm here to tell you that Sean Strickland is hungry for a win. And he's faced some of the best fighters in Alex Pereira, and others. Whether he wins or loses, it's still a good experience, even Jared Cannonier. And I just don't see an angle here for a Mayvolve uh, to win this fight. The fact that it's a light heavyweight uh, division fight probably favors Strickland, although a Mayvolve doesn't have to worry about cutting the weight either. And it's going to be an interesting fight at the light heavyweight bar uh, or light heavyweight division because both of these guys are used to fighting middleweight. And it still is really like a middleweight fight, but they're They don't have to cut the weight. So I'm going to lean to Sean Strickland in this one pretty easily. I mean, he lands more significant strikes per minute, so he's more active. He's got great takedown defense, and he's not fighting a guy in a Mayvolve that is very active. I mean, he lands like four significant strikes per minute, but that's not going to get the job done. I like Sean Strickland to get a big victory here. This is why he's taking the fight. He's tired of losing. He doesn't want to wait six months to get a win. He wants a win now, and I think he gets it to move to 26-5. and A May-volve will fall likely by decision to 12 and four light heavyweight division UFC fight night. Yeah, I think it's awesome that Sean Strickland stepping in. You know, I don't see him losing this fight. Even though a off is good, he still has three losses in MMA. And Sean Strickland is doing this because he simply needs a win. Does it matter if it's last minute or whatever have you? He he absolutely needs a win. He has a two-fight losing streak, right? He got knocked out by Alex Pereira. He came back against Jared Cannon near a fight that he he appeared to win, uh, but got robbed in a decision, you know, I I guess you could say. I mean, I thought he was going to win the fight and got robbed, so that's my opinion. But Sean Strickland needs a win, and that's why he's fighting, and you got to give it to him. This is why when you look at a guy like Kamzat Shemaev just sitting on the sidelines forever, it's like, what is going on? Are they presenting him with fights that he's not accepting? Or is the UFC just got him on the back burner while all these rematches take place? I don't know, that's a story that we'll get into here in a moment, but we got one more prediction for you, and that's by way of Umar Nurmagomedov. This guy is 15-0. and He's in the main event, and he's taking on a tough Brazilian with good takedown defense. This will really test him in Rayoni Barcelos. In the Bantamweight division at UFC fight, now you got Umar Nurmagomedov coming in at a perfect 15-0, taking on the veteran, Rayoni Barcelos, who comes in at 17-3. and 3. Now, Umar has a 1-inch height advantage at 5'8". He's got a 2-inch reach advantage, 69-67. to 67. Both guys fight right-handed. But here's where things get interesting, because Barcelos is a very active fighter, landing 5.8 significant strikes per minute to 4.4 for Umar. Uh, But the takedown average in favor of Umar, big time. He lands about five takedowns over the course of three rounds, where Barcelos lands about one and a half over the course of three rounds, or really one every two rounds. Now, digging deeper into Metahoff first, 0% takedown defense. It's because he hasn't needed it. Beating Nate Manis by decision, Brian Kelleher submission, and Sergey Morozov submission. So he's got nine takedowns, hasn't given up one. And his opponent has even haven't even had time to get a takedown. Even against Nate Maness, he had three takedowns. He led 74 to 2 in significant strikes. The guy is absolutely dominating his opponents. But the reason why he's fighting Ronnie Barcelos is because is Barcelos 93% takedown defense. So if he can stop the, the and this is why Barcelos wins 85% of the time cuz he can stop the takedowns and he lands 5.8 significant strikes. minute, And they're going to want to see how Umar does uh, against a guy that can defend the strengths of Umar, right? He can stop the takedowns and he can outstrike him. So we'll see how this matchup goes is what the UFC is saying. In his last fight, he beat Trevin Jones by decision. Before that, he lost to Victor Henry and Tamir Valiyev. Prior to that, he won uh, several fights in a row five to be exact in the UFC against Khalid Taha. He did beat Saeed Nurmagomedov. Carlos Houchen, Chris Gutierrez, and one other to win five in a row at that time. So, you know, Umar is looking really good. Barcelos is good as well, but, you know, he's not nearly as good as Umar. I mean, he may put up a little fight at the beginning, but I fully expect Umar to get a takedown at some point, utilize the ground and pound. If he can't get a takedown, this is going to be a problem for him. So I'm banking on the fact that he gets a takedown here and gets a submission or the ground and pound against a very good ground defender in uh, Rayoni Barcelos, but I think Nurmagomedov runs right through it to move to sixteen and oh. I want to see him get the submission here. That's what I am banking on. Sixteen and oh, with the win, in my opinion, bantamweight division, UFC fight night. Yeah, so Umar will pass a test. That's what I believe will happen, and it's a very tough test because the guy that he's fighting has a ninety-three percent takedown defense i mean it's ridiculous and if barcelos can really defend the takedowns against umar and keep it standing he's got a major advantage and that's the key to victory for Rayoni barcelos keep the fight standing where you know you land more significant strikes per minute and that's the key to beating umar but of course that's much easier said than done make no mistake about it now as we get into the q a just a couple today i'll tapo mock said Hamza Chameev was offered Australia card. That was not a good idea. Yeah, and, and I tend to agree with you. I'm just concerned that as we get closer to March and April, you know, he's going to get stuck with a fight like he did last year against Gilbert Burns right around the time of Ramadan, and he's not going to be at full strength. Can you imagine? He's cutting weight down to 170. That's already hard. He can't replenish his body with hardly anything uh, during the day until that sun goes down, and it's just very tough on your body in that situation so you know hopefully the UFC isn't working against Hamza now because it'll hold debacle with him and Nate Diaz I mean that still ended up being a gray card but I'm sure the UFC wanted Hamza versus Nate Diaz and not a big change at the last minute and when you do that on a pay-per-view they're not very happy with you that's my fear now Waza banzook says this move makes zero sense in terms of Khabib no coach retired midway through a training camp I think there's more to it and I said yeah me too When I responded, there's something going on here. Like, why is this happening in the middle of the training camp? Okay, we get it. He wants to spend more time with his family. We get all that. But why couldn't he make that announcement uh, as soon as Islam Mahachev wins? It's only about a month away, right? Right in the middle of a training camp, You know, all eyes are on Mahachev. And now they shift over to Khabib. There's something going on there. But this was certainly shocking to uh, the MMA community. Make no mistake about it. So a lot of topics today in the UFC, right? Dana White under fire uh, from the California Women's Caucus, and I, I when that starts happening, man, you know, there's going to be a lot more people lining up against Dana White, and hopefully he can just cruise into this week, get through this week, you get into UFC 283, and then all the news. Headlines are going to start going towards a light heavyweight uh, vacant title with Jamal Hill and Glover Teixeira. And that great card of 15 fights they already have stacked up. So that's what Dana White needs is to get into next week and get past all this. But you already got some organizations lined up against them. And that's never a good thing. Make no mistake about it. But we'll leave it at that. We'll come back and uh, continue this story in the next podcast, I'm sure, because I don't think this story is dying anytime soon. For now, this is your boy Chris Cross. Hope you have a great day and God bless. Peace.